0: I'm Gab, he's Jules, no clue about it, but it may well be cold uh, in West London. Brooklyn, we don't care. But it's red hot here in Doha because we have our two finals together. Other fun in Argentina and the other team is... There a lot of use out of that shirt there, Jules. Uh, France against Argentina, Lionel Messi against Kylian Mbappe. Yes, much, baby. much more than that. Obviously, that's the obvious uh, subtext. A big W for uh, a Cutter in that one, right? Messi, yeah. Mbappe, Paris Saint Germain. Of course. How ah, about that? That's a a dream final. That. Um, but we're going to start by talking about that France v Morocco uh, semi final because Morocco, I think, have been the story of the tournament yeah. along with Messi. If I mean, I don't know. They don't allow me to be an editor, right? To make these big editorial decisions or to be a producer. But if I were, I would say these are my two big stories of this tournament: Morocco on football-wise, Morocco and Lionel Messi's, you know, attempt to win the World Cup. Yeah, and farewell too. Uh, So we have to talk about Morocco. I thought that game, Jules, was clearly marked by two things. One is the injuries, because he put Aguirre in the starting lineup when they handed out the team sheets. Supposedly, he tried to warm up. I think he knew. He knew that Aguirre couldn't play. It was going to be some sort of Willis Reed, New York Knicks, 1970 Game 7 NBA Finals uh, moment. By the way, that was before I was bored. I know. But I know my history. You know your history. Uh,
1: the only <laughs> title that they've ever won, by the way.
0: <laughs> but, uh, so he bows out. Roman Saiz and Mazraoui starting. But again, those two guys... Clearly not fit. After 20 minutes, size went out. Uh, so that's one thing which impacted the game. The other thing, inevitably, Deo Hernandez's goal after just, what, two, three minutes?
1: Yeah, five or five minutes maybe it was. Uh, the injuries to start with, we knew that they were weakened already. We knew that they'd given a lot against Spain, a lot against Portugal, that maybe this was going to be a step too high. I don't know if this is the right thing to try. Or if it would have been better to start with 11, like, fit players, even if they're not at the level of a Saïs or over Aguère or of a Mazraoui. We will n- we will never know what would have happened if Regragui had started, you know, no Saïs and no Mazraoui, for example, and fit players instead. I can see why he tried it. I can understand the logic behind it. I know you want to play semi-final of the World Cup if you're a player, even if you're just 50% or 60%. I don't know. I, I think that France would have won anyway. Even if they didn't play well and Morocco deserve credit for the way they played and kept going and never giving up and trying to create something and to cause problems. But overall I think that the step was just too high this time.
0: It was a high step. Obviously chasing a game from early on for, for every yeah, team. Hype, yeah. I, it becomes more difficult, even more so for Morocco who you know, I I've said this before. They they're not a defend and counter, purely defend and counter team. Like they don't play a low block, they play a mid block when they counter they, 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 they counter through passing and, and, and combination. Again, might be different if Mbappe were, were Moroccan. You just lump the ball over the top and let him yeah. chase it, right? But there's, there's so much quality, so much organization, so much intelligence in the way they played. And so they find themselves early on having to take the game to France. And there were moments which could have broken their way. Um, is it uh, El... Um, Yemek, yeah, uh, uh, hitting you know, which overhead kick, yeah, hitting. I can't cut it off. If it hit the base of the post, or if it hit your East.
1: yeah, he hand just in front of it,
0: but pretty darn yeah, yeah, close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then obviously the the Sofian Buffal incident, which could easily have been given a penalty, probably should have been given as a penalty.
1: I right don't now? think it was a pen. No, I think Theo to touching the ball, he takes the ball out of the, and then it's just two players barging into each other. I don't think that was a pen. Okay, but could have been. Could have, yeah, could yeah, yeah, maybe.
0: So. We're talking fine margins, yeah. and obviously France's second goal came late. But let me ask you this. Did it, did it play into Deschamps? Did it, Didier Duchamp would have been so happy saying, like, oh, look, we got the early lead. Now I can go back to being 2018 DJ exactly. Deschamps. Exactly
1: exactly 39 percent of the ball against morocco is exactly what he dreamed of the night before <laughs> we spoke to to regragui after the game and we said to him oh, was, was it the game plan to have 61 percent of the ball and he said well no 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 at all that was not what we wanted to do but we kind of had to because we fell behind early on and also because because the french were too happy to sit back and wait and i think this french team is so good at suffering really which is crazy to say but they're good at it they they can deal well with it they yeah. deal well they don't panic they deal well with everything that comes their way if you think the second half really when they were uh, they look under um, a bit more under pressure there was only three shots on target the xg from Mork in the second half is very very low very little i know there's a couple of good crosses but but nothing that would threaten the french defense.
0: Okay, so you use a term there. Is is that a french term like knowing how to suffer, being able to yeah. suffer because that is a very italian term. Uh, I yeah. I grew up hearing this about how like, you know, we would have italy teams in the past that would effectively simply just defend the old catenaccio, I mean years ago. Um and then try to get, nick a goal here or there and and they're always running around and suffering and defending well and whatever. And oh, so we know how to suffer. And I don't like that term. I don't like that term because no? this is a low-scoring p- sport. If you're suffering, it's because you're not playing well. Because there is a way to defend well, to not concede anything, to yeah. defend your league without suffering, right? Yeah, yeah Without completely. that kind of frenzy. And I thought, I saw a little bit of that with France. You know, I, I, I saw France I th- in difficulty. When, when Griezmann... Starting out almost in the, it's like almost playing as a number ten in four two three one, and then by the end, he was the third midfielder,
1: right? Yeah, which was always a bit the plan to be fair, because that's why he's played all all tournament. But yeah, no, I see what you mean. I think I think it's a very thin balance to find between suffering in the sense that you can still control the game and the pace of the game, and even if you let the ball to the opposition, you you suffer because you don't have it, but you actually you're not under that much pressure or more like against england for example the second half against england where they suffered but they struggled yeah. I, I never really thought against morocco that they struggled as well when they suffered but yeah you're right it's a dangerous it's just a, i find it a dangerous game to play i was not happy yesterday after the game i thought they should have played much better they could have played much better and i don't understand this obsession almost with like we've got the lead okay let's do the minimum And then let's defend now, and we know we're going to have another chance. And to be fair, Giroud hit the post, and it could have been 2-0 up after 25 minutes, or 20 minutes. Then there's another Giroud chance in the first half, and then even in the second half, there's a few. So, of course, it it could have been very different. However, they played with my heart too much. I think some of
0: it, some of the reason. Well, I, I could tell, Jules, because you were sitting next to me in the first half and the media trip. I kept grabbing you, arm
1: every time. I was just like, oh.
0: And then at halftime, you disappeared. You went somewhere else <laughs> in the stadium. I didn't see you. I had no idea where you were. So <laughs> I did wonder, is he okay? Uh, obviously, you're okay. Just you're about. Now. Just about. Uh, I some of the, the rest of the France team, because I thought Ousmane Dembele in this game gave you nothing. I,
1: but it's because you defend. So he has to defend more than attack. And I don't, that's uh, why I don't understand.
0: Well, sweetie, you're a winger. In the modern game, you have to defend uh, against an attacking fullback. It's, it's part of the game, Usman. Sorry.
1: Sorry, dude. No, but you what, what just... I mean is that he recovers the ball, let's say, in his 30s. 30... Right. So in then the...
0: pass it to somebody, run, a man, run up I the pitch, give it back, do something.
1: Yep. Yeah, but it would be so much I... more effective if he was recovering the ball higher up the pitch, which they don't do, which I don't I... understand why.
0: I'll draw a parallel between him. I thought Marcus Turan played exceptionally well when he came yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I like to criticize Didier Deschamps as much as anybody. I thought the Giroud for Thuram with, with Mbappe effectively becoming center forward after yeah. that. I thought that was 100% yeah, yeah, yeah. nailed-on move. I agree. And by the way, if you're not having a great, you know, a great game in terms of opportunities going forward, Ousman, why don't you copy from the young one on the other hand on the other side of the pitch? Because Marcus Thuram gave you so much yeah, 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 going yeah. forward and easy. defensively. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, you're right. You're right. And he's at the high line. He's involved in the. In the second goal, he's involved in one of the chances that Kylian has as well. And and this is what Deschamps wants. Coman could not really play because he had a bit of a virus himself. uh, Like Upamecano and Rabiot were also missing and I think we saw how much... Rabio was missed and how important it is for, he is for that team and, and how good it would be for him to come back for, Profana, the, for the final. not the same thing. Not the same. Not bad game from For but just not the same thing. You're right. Um, but, yeah, I like Koeman and I like Kolomani. 40 seconds in, first touch, beam, he scores a goal in the semifinal of the World Cup. It's uh, like a dream come true.
0: So we talked about Morocco, obviously, after the semifinal win. I, I, I want to re-emphasize this point because a lot of people may have missed it. right? Uh, obviously, we all know first Arab team, First African team, second team from a majority Muslim nation to reach the stage. Uh, do you know there have been 88 World Cup semi-finalists stroke final forests yeah, yeah. in 1950? Obviously it was a 14 World Yeah. How many of those 88, we're, we're going to play a little test, a little trivia with Jules. How many of those 88 are not from Europe and South America?
1: Wow, Okay. So, I'll give you a hint. One is Morocco. Yeah, yeah. no, I know. I will go for... Uh, All right. Five, six, 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 maybe. I forget one, maybe.
0: Three.
1: Three that are not Europeans.
0: Mm-hmm. European or South American?
1: Obviously. Oh, I didn't, I didn't hear the South American. That's why, because I was counting already Uruguay, Argentina, and Brazil. So there's an 88... 88- teams. Obviously, some teams might have done it more times. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Right? 88 teams reached the semifinals. Okay. Three have not come. There's been three occasions when they've not been from Europe or South America. One is Morocco. One is obviously... South Korea. 2002. The other one?
1: Yeah. And then I wonder the other one, I think. I knew there was another one, but I won't... I'll give you a hint. It's a very
0: big country. You've been there.
1: I've been there. Uh... Your basketball
0: heroes are from there. Both of them, it. except for that guy, the, the seven foot five French guy. Who <laughs> his legs. But many of the other ones are from there.
1: Okay, from the U.S. The United
0: States of America, 1930 World Cup. Check it out, Brett Pattenant, first person in history to score a hat-trick in a World
1: Cup. Amazing. amazing. Uh, again, just I'd forget so to not, that, that was
0: before my time as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, you okay. were not born in 1930. 19- no, 19- I was not born
0: no, okay. in 1930. No, but just to put it in context. Yeah, of course. It's this an amazing a really achievement. a big deal. And... The point I made in my column in writing about this is this is not built on sand. This is not, oh, look, we found a bunch of talented people in Europe who are of Moroccan origin, and we chucked them together. As you explained on the show last time, as, as we talked about, there's the King Mohammed uh, uh, Center in Morocco. Yeah. Uh, they, 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 they supply the, the current um, African Champions League champion, the African Confederation Cup champion, which is like their Europa League. Uh, there is a lot of work behind there it.
1: There is, and great success as well. And
0: I think, I, I think this is a bit of an inflection point. You know, not necessarily for Morocco, not necessarily for for African football, but I I would, to sound like Pele making predictions here, but I don't know if somebody's going to win the World Cup in the next 20 years from outside Europe or South America, but I think you will certainly see people closing in, whether it's obviously CONCACAF, Mexico, the U.S., Canada. uh, There's a whole bunch, you know, I mean, Nigeria, Cameroon, and obviously from Asia, Korea, Japan. like, Like, there are... I think the gap is definitely is yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah, no, no, changed. I can see what you mean. Yeah, I can see, I can see that coming. So
0: big shout out to to,
1: Mur- to Yeah, Mur- for history and for everything they made, and it has to be the beginning though. This is can't be, you know, can't be in itself an achievement. And you think, okay, we've, we've, we've got there, and now it's fine. There's a, there's enough con to come in 2024, which I think they can win. Uh, Regragui is going to stick around for now, but very soon he's going to go to a, to a club and a bigger club with big things to achieve. But you need to make the most of having this generation there. The, the younger one, like Kunai, for example, is there for 10 years. But the likes of Ziyech, even Bufal, you know, enjoy them and make the most of them being there right now. All right, final word
0: on, on Red Rugby, because I have no idea why. But I, I read in Italian paper, Gazette dello Sport, that Rudy Garcia. Was taking credit for having launched. But him I told you,
1: him. I told you this story, no? I'm not on the podcast you have. So the you didn't read my article on Regragi then for the website. Funnily enough, I may not have. You may not have. Rudy Garcia indeed launched his uh, launched his career in the fifth division at Corbeil in the like south suburbs of Paris, uh, and with Rudy Garcia as the that was his first coaching job. They this went, is
0: the same Rudy Garcia, by the way, who of course won uh, Liga with Eden Hazard. Ligue in his team yeah, Green yeah. Hazard, Rio Mavuba, Musasang. Exactly, Incredible yeah. And then team.
1: went to Roma, went to Lille, to Marseille, to right. Lyon, all of that. So Regraghi started as a nineteen year old in the fifth division, they went up to fourth, third, and then Reghi had a decent career as a pro. And guess who was commentating yesterday? Was on it that very game?
0: same Rudy Garcia?
1: Exactly. You see how okay, Destiny don't. you see how Destiny <laughs> okay. sometimes twenty
0: five years later I just want to make this clear about Rudy and I like I really like Rudy Garcia. But you discovered him as a footballer, not as a coach. Because no, I as I understand it, as a coach, despite being French and coming through, he didn't get many opportunities in France, which is why he ended up true but, here, and obviously he coached, oh, We died as well, right? True,
1: but, but I think Garcia has been a mentor for him. Right. I think he's, he went to like kind of like an internship, if you want, with okay. Garcia, the clubs that Garcia went to study the game and everything. He's a he's a keen learner, Regraghi. He's a very smart guy, but keen, keen learner. So is Mikel
0: Arteta and Rudy Garcia's Pep Guardiola.
1: Yeah, a bit like I that. I never
0: thought I would ever say that. I
1: mean, I, there was even a, a conference given on Zoom by Mikel Arteta uh, a few months ago to African coaches, and Regraghi was on the Zoom call. Like, it was about the, I think, the arsenal Manchester City game in the FA Cup, and, and Arteta was explaining his tactics, the plan, the, the game plan that he had, and everything, and Regraghi was one of the... Um, one of the of the guy listening.
0: All right, let's move on now to uh, the let's go into Stuart Robson mode to try to figure out what the World Cup fight Oh I'm going so excited. Like, uh, France against Argentina. Now, let's start with the injury news that we know of. My understanding from the Argentina camp is obviously Di Maria was on the bench, he might have been fit to play, but yeah. he is as fit as he's gonna get and he is ready to start. If he chooses yeah and i don't believe there are other as of as of we talk now and bear in mind it is thursday night here in doha uh, and the game is on sunday so we yeah. have some days to go there are no other significant new injury concerns for argentina are there? no
1: i don't think so i think rodrigo de paul who was also a bit doubtful before is completely fit now everybody's ready to go it's, it's all about recovery they will hardly train between now and and Sunday, anywhere, whether it's the French or the Argentines, it's just about keeping everybody ready, everybody fit, no like training incident, nothing like that.
0: So with the French, on the other hand, we have Adrian Rabiot, uh, no, Upa Meccano and Kingsley Coleman, all of them getting the flu, Yeah. which, which apparently they were calling the, the desert flu or the camel flu, which
1: not I'm not sure yeah, what that is. I
0: do know where that comes from, yeah.
1: but, from but the is icon, it, it's the
0: same flu that a lot of people here have yeah. had. Uh, is it fair to say, I mean, I'm going to go out, correct me if I'm wrong here. If Rabio is fit, he starts 100%. Yeah,
1: yeah, and he trained today, so.
0: There may be a doubt with Upamecano and Konate because Konate did play. Really played really
1: well. I still think Upamecano is ahead of him in the pecking order for Deschamps, which, as you know, I'm much, much more of a Konate guy, but it's fine. Yeah, that's the thing, right? So one-on-one against Messi. On paper,
0: you would assume that would be more, Konate might be more of the one-on-one defender.
1: Uh, yeah, Upamecano. I would think so. I, I mean, Upamecano is slightly quicker, apparently, from the test that they did. So maybe I just think they. It's not
0: going to be necessarily flat out speed. That no, be, exactly. You, as we saw with men- big- yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> um, Upamecano is back at training as well, and his command, command stayed in his room. But they, apparently, from what I was told, there's no worry about Kingsley Command and uh, it's All a right. small virus.
0: So then let me give you my France 11. You correct me if I'm wrong, right? Yeah. In goal, the captain. Hugo Yoris, who could become the first captain in history to lift the World Cup twice. Yeah. Nobody's managed it because, of course, the other time that you've had teams winning back-to-back, uh, Brazil's captain changed from 58 to yeah. 62, I think. Yeah, Was it, yeah. TD in 58? Yeah. Again, also before my time. Don't laugh
1: in the back. And in Italy as well, in 34 Italy, and 34
0: and 38. Also, definitely before my time. Uh, this is significant. It's, it's amazing. He's 31 years old. He's not that old. He can make it three.
1: Yeah, 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 (laughs) I don't think he will, but but yeah, you're right. I mean, Wednesday night was a special night for him because he became on his own the most capped French player in history, uh, overtaking, he was leveled with with Turin before and with that game he was on his own. Uh, He would have another cap, of course, on on Sunday and if he was to become the first captain ever to to leave the World Cup back to back, it would be an incredible achievement for someone who was a bit criticised. Not just before the England game, but even before the start of the tournament, and who so far has been almost perfect. I know he dropped a few balls there and there, but that's okay. There is a
0: part of me that wonders if Deschamps were not the manager and if Magic Mike were around.
1: Okay, but Deschamps I'm, is the manager and Magic Mike is injured. So okay, just, just, I'm just, saying, just
0: throwing it out there. His time will a, come. We don't love worry. you, Magic Mike. We, we his, know you're cheering his, them on. His time will come. Okay, right back, Jules Koundé. Yep. I, again, I don't think he's, he's been solid. He's done what he's done to do. They don't want him to attack because the other guy goes forward all the time. Yeah. So he hangs out back there and he's kind of like exactly, a third yeah. centre-back. Exactly. Uh, no fuss, no muss from
1: him yeah, there. exactly.
0: Centre-backs, obviously Varan, The other one...
1: More likely Upamecano. More likely
0: Upa Mikano. Yeah. Left-back Theo. Yeah. And it's interesting because there was one point during the game when Theo had a... Oh, Theo seems to take a lot of bumps, as we say in wrestling yeah. parlance. He's on the ground coming up. Yes, because more a lot. You to me... Oh, is coming on to be the backup yeah, left-back. Right. That's right. Um, Theo's fine. Yeah. He's going to play,
1: right? Yeah, he's fine. He's going to play. He became the third defender to score in semi semifinal of the World Cup for France after Thuram in 98, Umtiti in 2018, of course, against Belgium. And now and now Theo, which I find that start completely pointless. I'll give you that. I, it's you, pretty but, pointless, yeah. It, but fascinating in a way that, like, in semifinals, we have those defenders scoring. It's great. In semi-finals, as if France played in like 20
0: semifinals. Dude, well, I fact, mean, only what, seven, three, only, four, four, wait, only seven, only seven. It's okay, ah! I laugh at seven. Um,
1: I think only Germany have more, you know, but anyway. Go <laughs> so on,
0: go on. Enjoy. semi you know, semifinal says a lot about you. It's okay. Uh, it's a number of stars. Wait, how many stars do I... Did, oh, did,
1: two, because we only count modern time. Okay. I mean, this <laughs> one was 06, so there's only one. <laughs> so but, there's only one. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right, all right, all right. Uh, fair enough. Um, midfield... I thought Chouamani had a, had a really, really solid game. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was very important. You'll be glad to know that, that Fofana is gone, and instead we'll get some Rabiot back, you yeah, think.
1: Back, right? yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. Okay, and then with him, is Griezmann, Griezmann yeah. who,
0: for me, arguably, maybe, Francis player of the tournament. Completely um, agree with you. Him and Although, Killian.
1: him and Giroud. And Killian. Yeah, you have to count Kylian.
0: Uh, and then, obviously, the front three, Dembele, uh, Giroud, and Killian. Yeah. All right. That's my France lineup.
1: Yeah. I'll give me
0: your Argentina lineup.
1: Okay. So the France lineup, you're right. I'm telling you right now because well, everybody's yeah. there. This is what Deschamps would do. This so is what we're going to debate like now. You. For Argentina, as we said, I think, in the last show, this is the team that has changed the most tactically and in terms of personnel in the, in, in the six games so far in these tournaments. Kaloni has tried, obviously, especially after the defeat against Saudi Arabia where someone like Julian Alvarez, for example, didn't start. Uh, changed a lot, changed the formation. We saw a back five, we saw a back four. We saw four central midfielders against Croatia in the semifinal. Tournament. So there's a lot of things that he can do that he's done before. This that is far changed.
0: more interesting than France. Is yeah, looking yeah, yeah, at the yeah. France is here. boring completely. So let's start with, it. does he go back three or is it back four? No,
1: I think or he is- will keep the back four, I think. He only did it against, for me, against Holland to the Netherlands, sorry, to, to just match the... It, they don't apologize for saying Holland instead Wait, of no, Netherlands. No, it's not really Holland. A, it should be the Netherlands. Thing. No, no, no. Holland's
0: fine. It's the football, football team's Holland. Hope, they <laughs> say, Hope Holland. They don't say, Hope Nederland,
1: do no, they? No, that's true. That's true. I will have Molina right back instead of Montiel. Even if Montiel is probably stronger defensively, Molina is quicker. And I think against Kilian, you go with Molina. Otamendi, of course. Obviously. Yeah, and Kuti Romero. And then a left back. Acuna
0: is back from suspension. He's got to start.
1: You think, even if... Grafico played really well. Let's, say, let's be honest here. We don't like him, mm. and he's been rubbish with Lyon, but he played really well. It's, it's not a true. personal thing, by no, no, the way, no, it's just, if
0: you're watching. We yeah. don't like you. It's just that
1: yeah. you know, we think you've had a bit of a difficult time at, at, at Lyon. So basically, right. after that, there's only, there's only one call you make because Alvarez is going to start. Messi is going to start. Alexis is going to start, and the pull is going to start. So the last one is either Di Maria if you want to play a bit more attacking or Paredes if you want to control the game a bit more. What do you think? See, my thing, and I think this
0: is how it's going to pay out. I, I don't think... Uh, sorry, Scaloni and Enzo
1: starts as well. So
0: I yeah, Enzo. Yeah, Enzo. I, I don't think Scaloni is that defensive-minded, but equally, he knows Giuseppe, Mbappe on the break, Dembele showing up. He doesn't want to get caught. And he knows, if he decides in his head that this is going to be a game won by moments, then it's, it's my moments guy... Lionel Messi yeah. against your moments guy, yeah, Kylian Mbappe, right? Yeah. And, and France throughout this tournament. I, like I said, I don't think France have played particularly well in the knockouts uh, in this tournament. No, that's
1: um, true. Certainly not on long spells. No, no, they've it's had been, moments.
0: It's been about moments, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 It's been about moments. Mbappe becomes unplayable. Griezmann does something. Yeah. Giroud does something, yeah, yeah, and then lifts his shirt so we can see his abs. It's a fair uh, assessment, which he does all the time, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, he I loves think. it. Loves it. Uh, good for him. Um, if, if, if this is the game that I'm expecting, I don't want to take the game to you. So, in other words, I don't want to go Di Maria in there. Yeah. Because then, yes, I take the game to you, but it means Messi's got less space in which to work. It means that I give you more moments.
1: Yeah. Did d- d- you see what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I agree. And that's why I think he will start exactly apart from Tagliafico and Acuna. I think he will start with the team that started against Croatia. And then you can always adjust, readjust if you want a time after an hour. You can, you can have options from the bench like Papu and Lautaro and Di Maria and all those guys. But I'm convinced now, the more I think about it and I try to think what Scaloni will do to, to counter this French team that will be so happy. One, to be the underdogs, if that's possible. And two, to just say to Argentina, here you go, have the ball, do those 100 1,000 passes if you want, it's not a problem for us. We, we, we can take it, and then we'll hit you on the counter. And that's certainly the game plan that Deschamps will want to put in place for France. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring,
0: the best way to search for candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash gab. Just go to indeed.com slash gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire, you need indeed. Now in terms of matchups on the counter, right? We, you ruled out the back three. I do wonder if it is a back three, and obviously if there is the, the, the threat, the obsession with Mbappe's pace, Otamendi is of a certain age at this stage of his career. I have no concerns about Romero. If he's fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying he can match Messi, no. but he knows, you know, he can get around. The third one for me, though, is Lisandro Martinez, because obviously he can give you that... That, that that pace. If you want to try to play around France, then maybe you know it gives Molina and Acuna more freedom. Yeah, you I don't think it's a bad shot shot the back do five.
1: I don't think the back sh- the back five is a bad shot. I just that think would that, mean dropping Paredes. Exactly. I think you li- you lose a bit. You still lose some control in midfield. But maybe that's what they want. I I'll be surprised if that's what they do. That's that's what I'm saying. I mean,
0: looking at this France midfield, right? It's not like I see three Pogba's in there, right? I. I Maybe at some point you say, you know what? I back Enzo, McAllister, and, de uh, and Rodrigo de Paul to hold their own against that three. Don't know,
1: maybe, maybe. You know, to not
0: get pushed around. Yeah, maybe. To not need an extra paredes in there, right? And, and then maybe it's a way of drawing France forward as well.
1: Maybe, yeah, maybe. All right. I think it's a, it's a good job.
0: Lots of options for you. Uh, we are contractually obligi- obligated to speak about superstars. So once again, Jules, we're going to do a little mini thing because... I read this in a newspaper this morning. It is Messi is the past,
1: yeah.
0: Mbappe is the future, and they're both fighting over the present. Messi doesn't want to leave. Mbappe wants to elbow his way in. <laughs> I know, I know. It's hype, it's big names, it's the things people recognize, it's whatever. Yeah, it's a lot of things I don't like
1: talking about the World Cup. But, but you this have is it. to. This but is we it. have to. Yes, this is it. This is I think the whole world, I mean even our friend from his friend Brazil were telling me this morning that even People in Brazil want Messi to win the World Why? Cup. Why? Because it's Messi and because this is his last ever World Cup match. And what im just imagine we don't
0: know it for a fact, by the way. It is. It is it he
1: said it himself. Is. Sorry, it's not me. He may change me. his mind. Remember yeah. he said it was he He won't. He play won't play everyone. He, he, he won't be there in four years. He was gonna years. stay at Barcelona forever. He won't be there, he there in four years. Right. So imagine imagine just the whole story. And you and I will be there. We will be in the stadium. And in a way, as much as I want France to win, of course, and the third the third star on the shirt, all of that. Catching up with Italy. Maybe Imagine you seeing up. you'll
0: still be behind. One, yeah, still but
1: still have... we're trying to catch up. Okay. On oh, our way to catch you up. Imagine seeing Messi lifting. Because right now I think you're two, that two more than Turkmenistan, right? Is that it? We
0: just have, just yeah, more? we, we, have, have, we have, have. Turkmenistan's only been a country for what, like 30 years. True. You yeah,
1: only saying, have yeah. four more than 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 them as well. You know. Yeah,
0: but.
1: But just just seeing Messi lifting that trophy in that stage um, with all the Argentine fans, I think, would be very special. I get that, I understand that. What an incredible end of the fairy tale, end of the story, end of it, anything you want to call it. Imagine the tears of joy from the whole of Argentina, really, and, and, and most of the world as well. By the way, I think Mexico are one country that would root for France, the French, of course, and that's it. So it's, it's a lot of, like, you know, the rest of the world against us.
0: Okay, bye. that's... I, I think Morocco might root for France, too. Do
1: you think? I think everybody would want Messi to win it. I, think, I really right, do. Let me ask you this, though, because in this
0: Messi-Mbappe thing, I mean, okay, I don't know Lionel Messi. You've spent more time with Mbappe than I have. Does he think in terms, does Mbappe special? does he think in terms of his place in history? Does he think about comparing himself to Messi and to Cristiano and Pelé and Maradona? Or is this all kind of, you know, no, let me just. I just want to play, and then I'll see where I, am, where I am when I'm 30.
1: No, I think in the back of his head, he already has the like. I want to break every record. He knows that if he wins on Sunday, then obviously he will become at 23, one of the young, the second youngest after Pelé, of course, to to win back to to win two World Cups. Don't have to be back to back, but to win two World Cups. He knows that if he keeps if he scores in that final, the, his goal ratio is going to go up again like all those kind of things is somewhere in his head even if right now he's only focused he would happy take a one nil win for france where he hardly touches the ball for sure 100 percent but i think that yeah he, he there's there's part of him who wants to be the guy that breaks every record that wins everything that that becomes the greatest or whatever and 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 that final is another another step towards that it's another stoning this guy like you know this is this is what he's building really and when you think that he won't turn 24 until two days after the final imagine if it what a present that would be for him incredible second world cup on the other side
0: uh, obviously you can't speak of argentina without speaking of diego armando maradona mm. um, wherever he is yeah obviously he'll be cheering on argentina yeah of course i, I think we share the same view on this Messi's place in history is guaranteed whether he wins this World Cup or doesn't win this World Cup. Yeah, I agree. I I don't think... I'm just giving you my view on this. I don't think he diminishes Diego one bit
1: because that was a different era. No, yeah, definitely not. That was a
0: level of stardom, of charisma, which Messi
1: cannot match because he's a different person. Yeah, completely different personality as well. So... If you, if you like the guys like, like Diego, then, then Diego will forever be your GOAT. If you look at it in a different way and you incorporate the different personalities that they both have, you look at Leo and Leo has to be the GOAT. There's just, there's just no one who will ever be greater than him and has never been greater than him either. If he, if he wins the World Cup or not, but I think he showed enough in this World Cup, at 35 years old, everything, and you can give me, oh, he scored three pens out of the five goals. Okay, I don't care. I don't care. For what he's done in this tournament. It's the assist. the assist right, but it's alone. Does everything, it. everything that he's done, uh, that, uh, his age on a stage like this shows that he, and like again, and like you like yeah. Diego for other reasons, that he's the greatest of all time. Well, That's
0: your view. I don't think many will, uh, will disagree. Um, wow. I can't wait. I can't wait. Six yeah. o'clock on Sunday. It's Argentina against France for all the marbles. All right, enough World Cup final. Never thought I'd be saying ah. that, but hey, how about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gabi. Jules, it's all done. Well done. Real Madrid announced the signing of Hendrik from Palmeiras. But because he's still just 16, of course, he can't actually join until 2024. That's right. 60 million euros. That is a lot. That's a lot of money That's for a s- lot of cash, a guy who's 16.
1: That, yeah, for a 16 who's, who's, who's played with Palmeiras' first team, not that much, who, who's been great when he played. I give you that, but it's still a lot of money. And let's hope that he's another Rodrigo of Vinicius that it works out and it's the money well invested. And I'm sure it will be because it looks from what we've seen and what we've read and what we've heard, an incredible generational talent. But he's still only 16 and it's a lot of money. He will move, as you said, in July 2024 when he will become 18. So when he'll be old enough to travel to to Europe and to, to Madrid. And I think the excitement is going to build between every time he's going to do something with Palmeiras now, you know, everybody in Madrid and everybody around the world is like, oh my word, they sign so. Yeah,
0: I think Real Madrid TV will probably be buying the rights to Palmeiras games. Yeah. Uh, I want to chuck something out there. This is something I feel very, very strongly about and people don't ordinarily know about is if you are a minor, if you're under the age of 18, it is illegal for you to leave one federation and move to another federation. With three exceptions. So you can't change countries if you're under 18, right? One case is if your parents move for yeah. non-footballing reasons, which usually, let's face it, often bogus reasons, yeah, right? Yeah, like bit, dad uh, gets know. a job as a gardener, like those... Just like this? Oh. You know, amazing. Uh, another one is if you happen to live near the border within whatever, I think it's like 50 yeah, miles yeah, yeah, or something. something like the border. And the third one is if you're inside the European economic area, which is a fancy way of saying European Union, because different rules apply to the European Union because they can basically just go and write their own rules. I don't think (laughs) that is fair. Whenever you see somebody under the age of 18 moving, now obviously this didn't exist when Messi moved, right? It's a more recent... Yeah, it's uh, more recent. Messi moved at 13. Yeah, But when you see that happening, there's usually one of those things, and in many cases, not all of them, there is something slightly dubious going on, people finding passports left and right. And I'm just going to leave it at yeah. that. No, you're right. So the people out there are trafficking kids know <laughs> who I'm talking about. They know who they are. That's not, doesn't seem, that's not the case with Eric. No, 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 no. He's staying that's where he me. is.
1: Sticking with Real Madrid, Gab, you were 100% correct Cristiano Ronaldo has returned. Not only is Cristiano Ronaldo back at Real Madrid, he's been embraced by Florentino
0: Perez, who says this will always be your house. Uh. So there. Now, unfortunately, there's nobody else at Valdebebas. He's there by himself, training by himself. And look, I'm not not saying... Sorry?
1: It's his house, but just for him. It's it's his own personal space.
0: I, I think it shows that, hey, maybe... Cristiano Ronaldo isn't viewed as the devil at Real Madrid, like some people tell me when they say, I'm crazy, there's no way he would ever go back. Uh, hang on, hang on, hang
1: on. If Cristiano said, hey, listen, I'm in Madrid now, this is where I live, he still has his house there.
0: He has houses in like 18 no, no, different places.
1: No, I know, he might want to be in Madrid. Real Madrid right now, I can't say to him, well, we don't really fancy you coming and training here on your own. But every club does that with a former player, whoever you are. So I would think that Cristiano and Real Madrid... Would be exactly the same.
0: You don't think he did it so he could come by and hang out with Carlo Ancelotti and ah, say, say Carletto,
1: can you put in a word with Florent?
0: Nah. He still loves me. I don't know. Nah, I don't know. We'll I don't see. think so. More Madrid. Why would anybody tell us if Karim Benzema is going to fly back for the World
1: Cup final? As in, fly back to watch it? Fly back to watch but He's not going to play. He's not going to play. So fly back to watch, it's a good question. I think he would get invited. Why did Didier Deschamps throw such a hissy fit when he was asked that question? No, because the question was about him playing, not him coming to watch.
0: Okay, but just to answer the question normally. Just say he's injured. But Instead it's a stupid like, question.
1: It's a stupid question. So he goes like, well, I'm not even going to answer that. Mo- Let's move on.
0: It's I'm sorry, as that. Mr. I, I, I'm sorry,
1: Papa It as was asked Deschamps. already before that 10 days ago. He answered. 10 days later. But what, nothing has changed. What would he have, what something would have changed? I don't even know who asked the question. I wish I'd been there and I could have like <laughs> literally destroyed the guy because what's the point? And what I, what I find even worse, Gabby, is that people still think that like, oh yeah, yeah, he could come back and play. No. Really? Somebody told me that
0: this is a lose-lose for Karim Benzema. In the sense that the people who hate Karim Benzema, if he stays in Madrid, they're going to say, oh, look, he doesn't really feel part of this France team, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. If he comes back, people are going to say, oh, look, he's taking the glory from Griezmann and, and, and Mbappe and Giroud. So
1: in, 20- can't win. in 2018, they invited to the final the people who got injured who would have been in the squad, like a Laurent Koscielny, for example. Right. So this is something that they've done before that I would think, although they haven't really decided yet, but they will do again. But he wasn't in the squad in 2018. No, no, but what I mean is like right. he's, he's not, he, that won't be seen as him taking the limelight gotcha. because we did it before with players who were not, okay, Karim Benzema, but, but still, so this is kind of a bit of a habit for the French to do that. So he would just be, you know, part of that. So Lucas Hernandez would be there, you know, and Kunku, maybe Pogba, maybe Conte. Some of them who have clubs, is more difficult than ones like Matuidi, for example, who is here now in Doha, who doesn't have a club, has retired, so it's easier for him to come. Then for Conte, who right. is like in kind of a mini-preseason with Chelsea, for example, and Pogba recover okay. all that kind of stuff.
0: You'd like to see him there, yeah?
1: Yeah, well, I would. of course I would. I, w- right. I want to see them united. Yeah, we've had the initial verdict in the Super League. Remember that case that we mentioned to you many times on the show? And it looks like a win for UEFA, FIFA, and the other football institutions. Yeah,
0: so you said the, you said it right there. Initial verdict. This is a non-binding initial verdict. I'm not a lawyer. As you know, my, my thoughts on lawyers, but I spent a long time speaking to lawyers on all sides to try to understand what the heck this means. Essentially, this case, case you've been living under a rock, refers to the right of European clubs, specifically Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Juventus, to create their own competitions, like, say, a Super League to replace the Champions League, which they could run themselves. Uh, they have the right to do that, but uh, do they have the right to do that while staying in the FIFA and UEFA ecosystem? In other words, while still playing domestically while still being part of the transfer system, and so on. Uh, UEFA and FIFA say they don't, and those clubs say it's an abuse of a dominant position by, by punishing them for, for kind of doing their own things on, on their own time. Yeah. So the way this works is they had their hearing way back in June, and because most lawyers evidently are very lazy and aren't really good at typing, or even thinking. Sorry, I, I, I just I, you know my things on lawyers. Uh, it's taken this long. One lawyer is ready. He's the Advocate General. He gives what he calls an opinion or or a direction. It's kind of like a summary of how he sees the case. Uh, this has come down very much on the UEFA and FIFA side, coming out and saying, yes, the pyramid is is part of the European model of, of football. Um, yes, they are allowed to sanction clubs that. that you know, start new competitions without permission. Although those sanctions have to be proportionate. Um, now, the f- definitive verdict may come in March, may come in April, may come in June, because hey, lawyers, holidays, Easter—you know how it is. Yeah. When that comes, the big question is: Is this judgment from the Advocate General an indication of what's to come? Usually, and, it is, right? Well, here's the thing: Everybody's saying 70 percent of the time, the final verdict follows what he says. In reality. I spoke to somebody who's a little better informed. Uh, 65% of the time in, in these types of cases, they have followed the Advocate General. Okay. 25% of the time, they've come to the same conclusion as the Advocate General, but either partially or making different arguments. And 10% of the time they've gone against it. There's 15 judges. It's not going to be a vote. It's not. A, there's no dissenting yeah. opinion. It's not the U.S. Supreme Court, 5 to 4, blah, blah, blah. It's they have to reach some sort of consensus okay. so that's I think that's why it takes so long because yeah. um, also I think these guys get paid like by the hour anyway so but it is I think a, a strong indication that things may break UEFA as well yeah alright hopefully I won't have to talk about lawyers and legal stuff <laughs> for a long time you did time. really well though, thank you Uh, Eric Ten Hag says that Jadon Sancho is, quote, struggling mentally and physically. Are you surprised, Jules?
1: Uh, So, I'm not surprised. I think it's a very sad story, of course. Uh, I think... Why, is there something we don't know that you're not allowed to tell us and it's come out? In which way? With Jadon Sancho. The fact that he can't... Right now, he's not in the state of mind of playing football, you mean? Yeah. Well, no, that's what Ten Hag said, but we kind of knew because... We've heard rumors and the fact that he hasn't been involved with the first right. team recently. I, I find it sad because, and I think a lot of people think, oh, but they're footballers, they have the dream life, they earn loads and loads of money, which is true. But they're also allowed to have feelings, to not be in a good mood, to not feeling like playing football. It's, it's not easy. Whether you, in that case, think that Jadon Sancho has done everything he could or not, whether whether you blame him, the club, Ten Hag, whatever the cause and the, the reason that you have it's just, it's just sad that a footballer right now is not fit mentally and physically to play football and does and those, those what, what his job is but also
0: what he loves. I'm 100% in agreement with you and I also think that, and I'm assuming Eric Ten Hag cleared it with Sancho's people I think it's good that we talk about this I think it's good yeah, that people no, come out right. it's not shameful, we don't have to make up some story about why he's not playing or not playing well you know He's having issues. He's not in the right state of mind. Let's be open about it. It happens to all of us sometimes. And let's move on. And so I think well done, Ten
1: Hag. And well done, United. And Ten Hag also said that more money will be available to strengthen Manchester United next summer. And even more than last summer, possibly. Gab, do you trust him to spend it wisely? Because that's, you know, money is good, but how do you spend it?
0: So I praised Ten Hag before. Look. If he's going to go shopping at his old clubs again yeah. and in his old league, no, I don't want him spending. You don't
1: want another Anthony or. No, I don't no, no, no.
0: need more. Not Anthony at 100 million. Yeah. Uh, I don't need that. I don't need Lisandro Martinez or whatever they paid for him. I mean, not that he's been, he's been poor, but. No, no, I, no, no, get, I see you know, what you mean. I need a little more imagination here, right? I don't need him going and spending 150 million on Mohamed Kudus because, you know, we had him last year or whatever, right? Yeah. I need the directors of football.
1: That was my next question. John Murta.
0: Yeah. Here we go. Do we
1: trust them? To be empowered
0: to do their job and to do their job because I want Ooh. to be able to judge them, judge their work with serenity. Right? This is the key thing. Yeah. They're there for a job. Manchester United, you've set up a certain way of doing things. Let these people do their job and let's judge them afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> More United. You think United is a pretty popular I know, club. I know. Your buddy Avram Glazer hey, here in Doha. He's uh, here. Uh, oh, no, this well, is your question to me. Sorry. No, because I've just asked you once. Oh, one, you're so, right. Yeah. Sorry, Jules. Uh, your buddy Avram Glazer here in Doha. In fact, you guys were playing paddle uh, earlier just yep. up the street. Yeah. Uh, he, sp- he didn't speak to you, but he spoke to The Athletic and explained that the sale of Manchester United isn't
1: necessarily... A sale, and he gave you a a wonderful quote in The Athletic Story. Yes, that's right. He said, like, it's not – I mean, try to make sense (laughs) of this, okay? It's not – I'm going to read it because Gab wrote it there. It's not necessarily a sale. It's a process, okay? And we're going forward with the process, and we'll see what happens. Thank you, Avram, really, for the clarity, for like, well, it's for sale. Maybe not really for sale, depending on who's coming with what kind of money. Based the process, and we follow the process. We're not really sure exactly what the process is, but we will get there eventually. Yeah, I-
0: Basically, I think what he's saying is they instructed the Rain Group, the people who own Chelsea, yeah. to field offers. The offers can be offers for investment as minority investors for yeah. the
1: club. They let the you door open that, for everything. pretty Yeah,
0: at seven to eight billion. If they don't get the valuations they want, they go forward. That's yeah. what he's saying. But it is funny with Avram Glazer because obviously, if you follow the club, you know Joel Glazer. I'm not saying he's more important than Avram, but he is involved daily with the club. Yes,
1: that's right. Yeah, it's just
0: that Joel Glazer. Knows how to avoid the media. Exactly. And we never know where, where he is. Ivram Glazer, he gets like a deer in headlight, and he starts saying
1: things, things that <laughs> don't have much meaning. Usually he comes out of his car and then says, oh, no, yeah, there's a yeah, camera exactly. here. Let's exactly. say something. <laughs> this happened earlier this week, but we didn't really have time to talk about it before, so it's now. Um, and it's time piece together the row between US men's um, national team coach, Greg Berhalter and Joe Rayner, arguably his most talented player. Gab? Yeah, so a bunch of people reported on this, in, in, including our own Jeff
0: Carlisle and, uh, and, and the Athletics on other outlets. We now know that Gio Reina was a marginal player in this World Cup. Yeah. Um, and there was even a vote among the other 25 players on the national team about whether he should go home. And by a margin of 13 to 12, they kept him around, which my first instinct is Wow, they really didn't want him around. Yeah, big time. They really, really they must want him must have around. been
1: very disruptive.
0: Very surprised at that. Very surprised they went to a boat. We had Greg Bearhalter on. saw his face light lit up when he spoke of Gio Reyna. Yeah. There's obviously some serious personal issues coming on here. The way this story this came, story came out is problematic. Uh, Bearhalter was, uh, was giving a talk, uh, and it was supposed to be an entirely off-the-record talk. He mentioned a player without mentioning what player it was. Yeah. Others stood up that it was Gio Reyna that he was talking about then obviously couldn't be denied. Gio Reyna hit back uh, at Burhalter a couple days ago. It's, it's ugly, it's ugly. It, and it's unusual. And, and I go back to this, and I'm assuming we're gonna find out more, but I have never heard of a national team, and team being the operative word, putting it to a vote, like, like you're playing freaking Survivor or something, no, right. and deciding he stays, he goes. It can only make me think that something really serious yeah happened.
1: Yeah, you're right. I, on the other hand, I don't think Beholder should be should be, even, even in, in a place where he thought it was safe to talk, it's never safe to talk. He can't be yeah. that naive. He can't be that naive. And for him to like, He to was go, let
0: down. He was badly okay, let maybe, down. Maybe, but still, he was yeah. a bit naive.
1: But for him to, to go down that route anyway when he knew that everybody would know that it was a Joe Reiner that he was talking about uh, I, I thought was very clumsy from him. On the other hand Joe, uh, Joe Reina is 19, right? Mm-hmm. So 19. This is your first World Cup, and you're so disruptive that, as you say, Gab, the squad is 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 one vote away from sending you home. Really? Yeah. Really? So yeah. I don't know exactly what happened. I don't know if he if he just he knew he was not going to play much because Joe said in his statement that Coach Beholder said to him, "You're going to have a limited uh, game time in this competition." So maybe he was cross with that. Maybe he make life difficult for everybody else. Maybe they don't want to train. Maybe he was very disruptive at training. I don't know, kicking the uh, ball on the motorway. Everything. I don't know what he could have done, but like it, you said, it's huge.
0: We've covered a lot of World Cups, and normally there's a strong manager inside who says my way. You know, my way or the highway. For there to be 13 players, yeah. again, it has to be something serious.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yusufa Mukoko's contract is winding down. Jules, and he's been linked to Liverpool, United, and Chelsea. But apparently he doesn't want to move somewhere just to sit on the bench. Yeah, that's right. So my question is, don't go for one of these clubs because you will probably sit on the bench
1: at those clubs. True, and I, I, I would... Wa- I Maybe wa- stay where you are. I would expect him still to still do that. Or you're still sitting on the bench. Well, but yeah, you can, I mean... least he's getting playing time. He it was, it was, it was, it was getting better. He scored a few good goals just before going to the to World Cup where he went with Germany, of course. Uh, it would make so much sense yusufa if you if you're watching and listening just stay where you are this is good for your progression you're going to work well at likes you you like him it works why would you go right now to try to get that big contract no sign
0: a contract Get one of those release very closes. low release clauses. Of course. Right? Because you could tell Dortmund, hey, Dortmund, either I leave, I walk for nothing, yeah. or you give me a low release clause. Yeah. Like Erling Haaland's release exactly. clause, for example. Well, exactly. Erling Haaland's release clause when he moved to Leipzig. For, sorry, not, but when he moved uh, from Salzburg to Dortmund. 20 million, something like that. You hold all the cards. Yeah. Do that and develop and grow there. Because, honestly, without the love in the world, if you go to Liverpool… You're going to be on the bench yeah. if you go to United. Well, actually, right now United Chelsea, you may start, but they're going to uh, bring yeah, in more yeah, experienced
1: exactly. than you. Exactly. FIFA revealed the amount of money spent on agents and intermediaries, uh, f- like you know, fees and for the transfer gap. It's so around 550 million dollars, which is close to the record level of 2019.
0: The number is actually a lot higher, Jules, because, of course, these are just the ones involved in international transfers. Yeah, that's where right. you have to... FIFA have this online system called the Transfer Matching System, FIFA TMS, where you have to input who's getting paid for what. And they actually... They actually pay... They, they, they control this pretty tightly. So you have to report all of yeah, these yeah, project it's with accounts. You don't want to defraud them. But it's much more than that, because, of course, there's also domestic transfers where people get paid. I have no issue if you want to pay an, uh, an intermediary a lot of money. Yeah. No issue whatsoever. However, I think you have to be able to justify it to your stakeholders, to your fans, to your club official, to the media. Right now, that's not being done. There is no transparency. FIFA have all this information. The clubs will not let them share it. I think FIFA should say, you know what? Screw okay. you. Yeah. Here it is online. Anthony moved from here to here. Do you think that will happen one day? Because you've, you've asked for that for a long time now. You know what? I'm going to keep asking for it because I think people
1: deserve to know. No, I agree. I agree. Fernando Santos has left his post as coach of yeah! Portugal. Yeah! Finally, we got rid of Tata Martino. We got rid of him. It's, it was okay. good World Cup. Well, this is what I was going to say. He's been in charge since 2014. And you and I were often
0: critics. But he did win Euro okay. 2016, which I believe is Portugal's First ever major yeah. trophy, yeah, right? Well
1: done to him, yeah.
0: Portugal, a third of the way to matching France's major trophies. Unless my number is wrong, my counting is wrong, right?
1: You've got three, right? Four. Two Euros and two World Cups.
0: Okay, you got four. Okay. Yeah. 25% of the way there. <laughs> right.
1: um, I okay. I you
0: won the 2019 Nations Yeah,
1: thing. well done as well. Listen, with all the talent that he's had in those eight years... Or he should have won some World Cups. And I'm not show. saying that he should have won some World Cups, but... Their trophy's there and well done to him. Let's not go over 2016 again not because that breaks my heart because they beat France in the final. But they were super defensive from start to finish. I mean, let's, remember those group stages, the, the knockout rounds and how they scrapped through all of them until the final pretty much. Uh, the Nations League 2019, let's, let's pass. I, listen, I, I, I keep saying what we've been saying for months now, that he's a defensive coach. He did a defensive job in 2016. Well done to him. That worked. It worked out for him and for Cristiano, for Pep, for all the others. Well done to you. I maintain that with those players and those generations, he could have done better outside of that Euro 2016. That was a miracle, let's be honest. And that's all. And that's where where I find it sad because many times we thought, okay, maybe now, maybe they're going to evolve, maybe he's going to change. And in the end, he was never changed. And this is how you lose to Morocco in the quarter-final of this World Cup.
0: I think after winning the Euros, it was going to be hard to remove him, and then he won the Nations League. I, we've said this on the last show. No country produces as many quality coaches per capita as Portugal. Yeah. And with the amount of talented potential national team coaches you have, maybe you don't keep a dude for
1: what, yeah, eight exactly. and a half years. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. No. Too right, too right. Gab, we have a referee for the final, and he's one of the possible names that you threw out there. Yes, and I
0: remember my names were where Danny Macaulay, yeah. uh, Anthony Taylor is an outsider, and, uh, and Simon Marciniak. It's not Macaulay. It's no, not it's Taylor. Yeah. It is Simon Marciniak. For those who don't know him, he's a Polish referee, the guy with the big, big biceps. Looks like he spends a ton of time uh, at the gym. Looks like he knows how to take care of himself. I think Danny Macaulay would have been an option. I think, though, given the sour relations Definitely. between Holland and Argentina, uh, it was Martiniak. wise. It was wise yeah. not to pick him. Marciniak is an experienced referee. I don't know if he's thought as highly as Macaulay is, but
1: um, yeah, yeah, calm and composed. You know, like you know what to expect with him, right? Yeah, and and he's a big dude. He's yeah, not yeah, going to take yeah, any. Yeah, he, he knows how to handle. it. He knows exactly, exactly.
0: Utrecht coach Hank Fraser has been sacked, and the reason we're talking about Utrecht is because is the reason he was sacked.
1: Yeah, I mean, quite an incredible story, I have to say, Gab. He was part of uh, Van Hal. Coaching staff with the national team until the summer, left to take this job as a number one, and six months in, is that because he had an altercation with? I mean, Eunice, you remember the? Uh,
0: oh yes, I remember. I mean, Eunice, yeah. the walking, talking, headcase, problem child. True, very talented, very
1: talented, but clearly with attitude issues. I think pretty yeah. much everywhere. I he was,
0: uh, he's, I think, he's on loan from uh, a team in Saudi at Utrecht right yes, now. he's exactly. generally but he went to perpetually like a thousand unhappy, clubs. major chip on his shoulder, very yeah. talented.
1: Yeah, and Hank Fraser had that altercation with him where basically he grabbed him, literally grabbed him by the neck, and wait, was it like was it
0: going to be like one of those like choke slams? That like, sorry, sorry, I, it's a lot that, of professional
1: wrestling references. That you would I have loved that. Uh, which you you can't raise your hands on no, on a, you can't on your play. a player yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, whether it's yours or not yours, whether you know you or not, uh, and clearly this is the right. But I find yeah, I find that incre- like incredible. You know, this is a, this is a serious team, like a club in the area of this is a serious coach as well, and uh, this just blows my mind that things like that happen. Yeah. Really. Right. Pablo Mari is back training uh, in Monzagab two months after being stabbed. Remember that, obviously, attack in the mall. Oh, that's right. Uh, a, a
0: person who was mentally ill in a, in, in a shopping mall, um, just grabbing a knife and going around stabbing people among them. Tragically, uh, Pablo, not Pablo Mari, who who then came back up as he's there. He's on loan from, from Arsenal. Um, but he's back in training, and I think we might see him in the pitch probably before the end of January. Yeah. So, so well done, Pablo. Yeah, that was great. Um, I mean, it's glad that this had a, a, a bit of a happy ending, at least for him. Jules, we have a record amount of Monza in this podcast. In fact, it's the second Monza story in the Quick wow. Kids.
1: This Why, makes me it? very
0: happy because Monza is a very special place—the yep. royal palace, the uh, the the obviously the the the, where they play, where they, the racetrack where they do the Italian Grand Prix. Uh, it's where my parents got married. So oh, you know, nice! Monts, a special place in my. Yeah, arm. so a what? Great happens? football team as well, historically. Where Gigi Casiraghi came through. Yeah, of through, course. Yeah? Anyway, their owner these days, of course, is a man named Silvio Berlusconi, who <laughs> used to own Milan and uh, won a couple Champions League titles with them. Now, he made some promises to the players, and you added this quick hit because you thought... I just noticed this is hilarious.
1: Uh, yes. And coming from Berlusconi, who's 83 maybe he's, now? He's 80 a lot. Yeah, yeah. 80 a lot, uh, who still looks like he was 40, uh, pretty much, with all the uh, all the work that has been done on his face. Promised the players like a, a coach full of prostitutes. Uh, yeah. In case they were obviously A busload of
0: hookers, as he yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, now, which. Like, I know he said a lot of stuff in his life, you know, and, 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 and this is maybe minor I, compared to other things that he said. However, I find this unbelievable.
0: All I'm going to say about this, to be fair to Bitter who said some really inappropriate and tone-deaf things in the past, he's clearly joking, and I think he's making fun of himself in it. Really? Because obviously... He would hold parties in his house that. with different people. I know, stuff bunga like that. bunga, but
1: still, bunga uh, bunga. Don't say it. Yeah,
0: no, probably not the most appropriate <laughs> thing to say. I would agree with you there.
1: And finally, Gab, a shout out to your friend uh, Gianluca Vialli, who has left his post within Italy national team.
0: Yeah, he made it clear he's leaving his post temporarily, so he can uh, um, he can devote all his energies, physical and mental, to to dealing with the fact that he has. Uh, pancreatic cancer. And he doesn't like calling it a battle against cancer. He has this wonderful expression, which I think he draws a lot of strength from, I certainly do, Um, which is, he said, you don't fight against cancer. Cancer is just like, it's like you're going on a journey and this dude's walking alongside you. And all you got to do is head down, go ahead and hope that eventually the guy gets sick of walking with you and just kind of goes away Disappears, and leaves yeah. you alone. Yeah. And he said that as soon as he's come through this next stage, he wants to come back to, to the Italian national team. So, Luca,
1: Good luck, Luca, we wish you all the best.
0: Yeah. Right, Jules, that brings us to an end.
1: That's it. We're
0: going to be more. back. One more We're to be go. Back. One more show from One more to go. Sunday night where we will have a new world champion, Argentina or France. Or maybe not new. Or maybe no, maybe the old Joel Champion again. All right, wait, wait, wait. Which, who's going to be the real protagonist whose name starts with M? Will it be Messi? Will it be Mbappe? Will it be Marciniak? Oh, nice. Nice.
1: We would find out on Sunday then.
0: All right, until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Taco Tuesday over salad? What about selling with Shopify?